Burl Bearer. I've known a few writers who were rogues and vagabonds. And I'm Roger Moore. I didn't supply the microphone. Live from the gleaming, streamlined, state-of-the-art studios, what a joy to behold. Hardly straight of the art. <laughs> yes, state of the art. Yeah, what art is that? <laughs> art Carney. <laughs> oh, the program is True Crime Uncensored, produced by Magic Matt Allen with a brilliant lackadaisical attitude. I'm the legendary Burl Bear, the man right there, that's Frank C. Gerardo Jr. Hey, hey, I'm back. Back from your exciting adventures of trying to force bus friendly legislation. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Yes, Mark, sir. Mark C.G. Boyer, our fact checker. Hello. More about our guest life than the guest does. That's all helpful. We're just waiting now for our guest to figure out how to no, use No, you're it. not. Tell, oh, we're not. He's there. He's on yeah. the phone. Say hello. Oh, hello. Hey, how about that? Ladies hello, and gentlemen, gentlemen, it's an honor and a privilege to introduce one of the lesser-known <laughs> lights, luminary lights in our artistic horizon of Hollywood. The man who has produced some of the most astounding motion pictures and TV movies in the history of mankind, like uh, Jackass. Uh, what else? <laughs> hey, oh, Todd. That Playboy shoots too. Welcome to the show. Hey, that's me. That's I'm you. Happy to be here. Now, Welcome. Jack, Jackass wasn't named after anyone you know, was it? <clears throat> oh, uh, maybe. <laughs> a certain Hollywood executive, yes. Oh, yeah. he, he was our—he was our muse. And, and you were amused by him. Now, reading oh, yeah. uh, what we tell people about you, which strikes me as peculiar, is here you are, uh, a former first AD production manager with Fox, Warner, Sony, uh, became a producer, writer. You've raised over twelve point five million on film and television projects. Please pretend I'm one. Uh, you're also an award-winning screenwriter. What the hell are you doing solving murders in your spare time? I mean, <laughs> you know, it's a funny question. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, my partner's told me not to be too wordy today, so I'm going to keep everything brief and answer all your questions. Excited to be here. And I love the show. I think you guys are great, <clears throat> especially on some of these murder cases. You guys have done amazing stuff. Um, wow. Better I was, team. Yeah, for sure. Um... But I was um, I was like a set dog in Hollywood. I was just a normal guy in Hollywood for 15 years. Um, about five years ago, my life kind of hit some tragedy, and I kind of reevaluated like what my purpose was in Hollywood and whether I was acting or writing or producing. I do a lot of radio stuff right now with iHeart and Premiere. Um, so, you know, I, I was an actor. I was like everybody else in the beginning. I, I wasn't anything special, you know. And, and basically... I got on the Natalie Wood story and Aaron Hernandez and Emmett Till. And these projects would come to me over the years and, and I would stack up about 20 at a time because, you know, a lot of the things sit there for years. So you're always, but I was fascinated by uh, Natalie's story and Emmett and Aaron. And I just, I felt like I had a knack for it, I think. And it was so new to me. Like, I didn't know what true, true crime genre meant. I didn't even know what that meant. Like, I was like, true crime, true crime. He's got a lot of true crime. I go, oh, okay. Like, I, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> so I started from scratch, and I think that's what made me so ambitious and so hungry was I, I didn't know anything about, about this genre. You know what I mean? I was always goofing yeah, off. Yeah, that's the same way I felt about sex when I found out about it. <laughs> yeah. 
I didn't, I didn't know a damn thing, but boy, was I excited. <laughs> You've done great things, my friend. So you keep going, and every day you just, you know, keep chopping wood and That's tell the right. truth. You know, I had a lot of wood. Defense. I had a lot of wood to chop. Wow. Um, Meanwhile, so, wait, wait. Let's go back to the story, though. Let's go True back. crime genre. True crime genre. I heard. I, I've already heard the name Natalie Wood pop up. Yes. Now you'll be surprised at how many people don't know who she was. There was a huge podcast last year that uh, I think it was from Australia that was fascinating. Talking, you know, going. I think twelve or fifteen episodes. That was that was ours. That oh, was us. That's a great podcast. Fantastic. Yeah. They didn't reveal it there, though. And today I'm going to reveal it to you on your show. All right, cool. And and they didn't reveal it then because they tried to shun me. I whistleblow on people. I'm an informant at times. <laughs> I butted heads with yeah, I butted heads with them, and they're all part of a farce. And the captain was in on it. Walken knew about it. Gavin definitely watched Natalie get murdered. So I'll say it all right here. Robert Wagner killed Natalie Wood. Period. And 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 Walken knew about it, and so did Davern. And wow. they didn't say anything. There was no file for 15 years. A courageous woman came forward. She was friends with Dennis, which which polluted the waters. And okay, let's years, let's identify the some of these people. Yeah, we should. Yeah, when you say Dennis, who do you mean? When you say Christopher, who do you mean? Christopher Walken, <clears throat> sure. the actor. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Natalie Wood was on the boat with three men. There was Christopher Walken, mm -hmm. Robert J. Wagner, and Dennis Davern. Dennis Davern was the captain of the ghost ship, the Splendor. Okay, so Dennis saw the murder take place. So, he was the so, eyewitness. So, th and it, this happened about this time of year, right? Right after Thanksgiving. Oh, my friends, it might be today. It, it, I'm it, gonna have to look. It, it, it might be today. Right, yeah. and then it was uh, around the backside of Catalina, where they were moored. Yep. They'd, they'd been partying pretty heavily. You know, actors, actors loved the party. What were they? They were just drinking, though, right? I mean, there wasn't... No, no, no. Barbiturates, pills, weed, booze. RJ was on two days of whiskey and, and bourbon, whatever his little sweet tooth was. No, 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 no. These, these, these people were completely wasted. And the investors in the beginning... Oh, yeah. No, they didn't call the Coast Guard ever, okay? Your husband doesn't call the Coast Guard... And at least the captain tried to put the spotlight on. Like, there's a famous story. He reaches for the spotlight, and Robert grabs his hand and says, No. Drink up, Dennis. And he pours him like a whiskey. That's in the book. You can read all, all everything I'm going to say to you today. A lot of the stuff's in the public domain. I just basically have some key information because I was partnered so closely with these people. So, and I take these unique angles at these things. But anyway, Walken knows what happened. He was. He pretended to be asleep. He's like ten feet away. So they so, all saw the fight start. So yeah, is there some kind of a, like? So I've always heard there's been there was some kind of relationship between Robert Wagner and uh, and Christopher Walken. That was a whole. That's a, just a ruse, just like on O.J. Simpson. And and if you get me talking enough today, and there's enough wine flowing over here, well, maybe I'll solve O.J. too. So I I I, 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 can, I did Jean Benet. I have Jean Benet. We could talk about Patsy Ramsey and John Ramsey. You guys just fire away, man. All right, well, I, we're stuck on Natalie Wood. Yeah, we got it. Natalie Wood, for those of you who don't know, was an actress. Uh, uh, you think of the um, uh, the classic oh, uh, Splendor in the Grass. No, the the remake of Shakespeare. The remake of Shakespeare. Yeah, they did uh, with the with the you know the Puerto Ricans. Oh, oh, of course. Oh, West, yeah, Side West Side Story. Story. West Side Story. The remake of Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> it They're is. Doing that yeah. now. Romeo They're and remaking Juliet. Spielberg's doing it right now. Yeah, really? But, yeah, he's doing yeah. it, but he's cutting out songs. 
Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah I've heard they're I cutting mean, out songs that aren't politically <clears throat> correct. They're not doing uh, the Officer Krupke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. So, yeah, but you can ask me anything about Natalie. Look, I'll solve it right here, and, I, and, and you can call Okay, this for those who don't know what happened, tell us what happened. Because people, there are people who know who she was, and there are people who don't. Famous well, actress. didn't know who she right. was. Miracle on 34th Street. She's the most famous child actress besides Shirley Temple ever. Okay, she's a, she was an icon. Okay, she's be, these people don't know because this is so long ago. You know, she died in 1981, this weekend, this day. It might be today, the 29th, 30th, whatever it is. I knew it was coming. I didn't l- look at it, so I just, just go loosely. Anyway, long story short, look, they go to Catalina on a Friday night. It's raining. It's a holiday. It's Thanksgiving. RJ doesn't want to go. Okay, Natalie makes them go because she wants to impress Chris Walken. Chris Walken was like a brilliant actor. Natalie was infatuated with him. They were in the movie Brainstorm. They were still shooting. Um, actors were known to host each other and, you know, party with each other and do all that. So she sets that up. They go out to Catalina Island, Dennis Davern, RJ, Walken, and her, four people on the boat, okay? And they head off. The first night is a nightmare. The first night is fights, arguing, politics, like just stupid shit. And and basically, Natalie goes ashore with Dennis Davern and sleeps in the bed with him mm. on Friday night. Now, she leaves her husband, Robert Wagner, with Chris Walken, who they hate each other. Oh, they absolutely what hate a wonderful other. combination. Yeah, so they're sitting on the boat. Picture that. And Natalie oh, Wood says the famous says the famous line to Dennis Davern. She says, "Tomorrow, I want my body flown off this island." And the way they tell it in the book is, it was. Yeah. And she said she wanted to go off, the, and she did. And and there was just RJ is a is a RJ is a lot like OJ. RJ OJ. They're very similar. They will trick you. That's their job. And they tricked you. And and so anyway, after... Now, wait a minute. The, the Hold on a second. I just want to like... Night. Wait, I want to back you up just one minute. Sorry. Nobody's yeah. ever been convicted here, right? Correct. Okay. They've never been an all arrest. Right. There's They're no all final. allegations. These are... Right. This is this is all alleged. Well, I mean, well... Well, I'm saying this yeah, for my could, the purposes of my bank account. I don't want to get... I already met with the LASD. I mean, I already met with the cops. I meet with the police a lot. Right. FBI. Yeah, I, they took a statement from me. You know, uh, oh, we got everything till when she's out. We got it on the back deck. We just need to know how she got in the water. Oh, well, maybe you should ask the captain. Well, didn't she and fall off the dinghy? walk in, stop Wait. being little pansies and start subpoenaing people. Wait, what's you the official that? story? Cops? Guys? Like, no, I'm serious. You know, I don't want to get passionate about it, but look. Nah, I think it's so great that you're passionate, but I want to ask you, what's the official story? Yeah. She's on the boat with these. She goes off the boat. She comes back. She's mm-hmm. on the boat. Everybody's mm-hmm. partying. There's a, yep. a dinghy. Or a, like a rowboat tied alongside um, the... Yeah, that he lets loose to make it look. He doesn't even start the engine. They never hear the engine. So he pretends she tried to go in the dinghy and fell off. Robert Wagner cuts that loose. He lets that go. The captain's already testified to that. Like, he set that up. It's all set up. Yeah. So, so how did she get the water? Yeah. Okay, so on Saturday night, okay, now the next day, Natalie goes back in the morning. She's like, I want to make everything better. She makes breakfast. Things kind of smooth over. So now they're here on the second day. So now the day starts again. They're going to smoke some pot. They're going to drink. There's pills, and Davern brings drugs with them, and he's bombed. He's an alcoholic. Robert Wagner's an alcoholic. 
Walken's a pothead. Like, you know, they're all, the day keeps going, it keeps getting worse. Now here we go again. Deja vu, repeat. <laughs> Excuse me. Repeat of Friday night. Here we go. Mirror image of Friday night. But this time, instead of Natalie going ashore, she's going to get murdered. Okay? Right in front of these guys. Right there. 10 feet away. The boat's 62 feet long. It's tiny. Okay? It's night. It's quiet. On the water, it's very quiet. You can hear everything. Okay? You can hear people like a mile away on the water at night. Okay? Did anybody so hear their fight in another boat or on shore or... You know. Did people hear them? Yes. Marilyn Wayne says she heard them. Marilyn Wayne is up and down. She came out later with her testimony. Not many people believe her that she heard Natalie say, help me, help me. She, she, she said that years later. You know, the, Marty Rooley, who's the author of the book and the woman that I was partnered with mainly, she's a key. It's not really the captain. He's forgotten a lot of stuff. He's, he's older. He's like 70 years old. Yeah. He's moved on with his life and stuff. It's the investigator who holds the file. And then, she, you know, anyway, so Saturday night, okay, the fight breaks out again. Now it's late. It's about 11, 11 p.m. This is the famous story of Robert Wagner grabbing the champagne bottle or wine bottle and smashing it on the table in front of them in their face. Okay, the glass flies in their face. Okay, it's a physical altercation. Chris Walken stands up so angry, doesn't say a word, and walks to his bedroom. Can't even say a word. Like, he's so flabbergasted, he's done. So he's, he's gone. He's just like, I'm, he goes to bed. Dennis is there, the captain. RJ and Natalie begin fighting. They start abusing each other in the room, in the master state room. Mm. Dennis Gavin hits the door, looks in. He goes, what are you, he's beating her. Yeah, leave it. This is a husband's duty. Robert Wagner says some line like, this is a husband's. Anyway, uh, Dennis knows it's happening. He can't stop it. He goes upstairs. He turns up rock and roll music. It's like he's trying to, he's all fucked up, okay? <laughs> he's, he loves Natalie. He's in love with Natalie. Uh -oh. This is the love story about how he did not save her. That's the story. It's all through the captain's eyes, okay? That's how it's supposed to be seen. They spill out under the back deck. Robert Wagner and Natalie Wood, they spill out there. Either whether he chokes her, punches her in the face, knocks her out, whether she hits the water conscious or unconscious, I don't care. He murdered her. Um, there's evidence that... Allegedly. She, yeah, there, there was evidence that she was um, conscious when she hits the water. So they think she did drown. And the woman, Marty Rooley, goes through the evidence and, and, and debunks each thing. So, 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 okay, I want to back, let's and go. I'm telling it to you. I know, I know. Yeah. Hey, okay. slow down. Oh, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just making a statement right. for some Yeah, yeah, too. I know, I, I love this stuff, but, but to me, mm -hmm. I'm like all about attribution. So, what does the coroner's report say about Natalie Wood? Coroner brushed it over. They did nothing. There was no file. There was no report. Thomas Noguchi, I, well, yeah, I got it. Well, now I'm going to stop you there, because I know sure. the investigator that actually did this case, and I've seen the report. That went on 20 years later. So you, you guys no, are talking I saw about the, this no, I saw 38 the years no. later. What year, to, well, phrase the question in what year are we talking about? From the 70s, 79 okay, or 80, when, whatever year this happened. When she died in 1981? Yeah, there we go. Okay, in 1981, Thomas Noguchi was the coroner, right. correct? Yep, Thomas okay. Noguchi they was do the it, they, Dennis Gavard identifies the body, not Robert Wagner. He doesn't even see the body. So Dennis IDs it. But what did the coroner, but at her. that time, when the coroner did their investigation, what did they determine huh? the cause of death to be? They just said, they just said she like, they, he went, they went along with what Robert Wagner said. She fell off the boat and hit her head. So they, they turned it in And then it fell accident. in the water. 
They, they Which said, would make it manslaughter anyway. So even if she did slip, hit her head, and you watched her go in the water, that's manslaughter. If he didn't help that's, her. That's, that's, right. Know. Yeah, if he didn't help her, if she fell off the boat, that's... Yeah, if he doesn't help, no one helped her, right? So no one helps her. So they're all somewhat culpable. They would flip on each other, and that's what should have happened. The detectives had no investigation. They didn't question anyone. They did nothing. They so, literally swept her under the rug. And then so the detectives the were... File, now I'll take you to the real file, okay? So the coroner's file... That Marty has and I have and all of us have with the messy handwriting all over it. Yes, there's abrasions on her face. There's bruising on her arms and legs. Her ear was ripped open. Her the, the earring was ripped through her earlobe, so she has a cut earlobe. She did have bruising and markings. Dennis only testified to that 20 years later. Okay, so that's how you got to look at it. This thing in the beginning, this thing was over as cold. It was, no one even talked about. It, it was done. Well, you know that you lived through it too. Oh yeah, I remember it was it was a slam dunk, so to speak. Yeah, well, was there like was a bunch of celebrity deaths that like all that. happened yeah. at the same time. I mean, it was yeah, they come in threes, you know. Yeah, but no, there were right. like suspicious ones, like her and John Belushi, and um, oh god, the Robert Wagner's uh, or not uh, Stephanie Powers' husband died in some weird way too. And yeah, they used to well, point at Robert Wagner for that too. Fell but into, I think he was drunk and hit his head or something. Yeah, famous yeah. actor. Uh, felon hit his head, uh, cracked his head. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So you know the story. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, that's the short of it and the gist of it. That it, it spills to the back deck. He lets the dinghy go. Okay, the dinghy is a is a decoy. They know she's floating in the water. So the movie, there was a movie. I take on these things as movie projects. So the movie was like as Robert Wagner looks back at Dennis and says, "Natalie's missing." Dennis can see her floating by in the water like dying like she's like semi-conscious like dying in the water and he watches that's in the script and then he watches her body go by and, and Robert, Robert's an actor he acted the whole thing out and the most damning evidence I think is not calling the Coast Guard so the fact that, that Robert and Dennis never alerted the Coast Guard from the boat which they were in constant contact with all the time and they did nothing at all they had to have the harbor master and like one of the guys from the island come out like in a in a boat and say some what's going on out here like so we're, something's up that was like two hours later like so they they covered it up and you know that's all I mean you guys can welcome to Hollywood on, you know? <laughs> indeed welcome to Hollywood so what are you doing with this story oh it's dead I okay. gave up on it we didn't make the movie I I shelved it and um. They did a podcast. I was going to sue them over the podcast, but I didn't. I let it happen. That's called Fatal Voyage. That's the name of my script. That's my story. So uh, Dylan Howard, who you're talking about, an Australian guy, right. yeah, he's a weasel. He's yeah. a weasel. Yeah, and he stuff told like my that story is all, constantly. You know, it's stuff yeah. like that is really, that's Hollywood, too. That, you know. Yeah, exactly. I know, right? Yeah. No, I loved it. Look, I lived it for three and a half years. I made about 30000 from it. I had two investors, very famous guys. They go, I love Natalie Wood. Solve her murder. I hate these people. I did. I got paid. I made my money. I moved on. Hollywood didn't want to make the movie. Okay? They didn't want to make it. Nothing I can do. I met the president of NBC. I sat with very famous people, told them how she was murdered, how she died, whatever. I'm moving on. Now I have OJ. And that's that's my my every day is OJ now. So I'm not on Natalie anymore. Oh, so you so you're gonna do a podcast on OJ? No, he's doing a book. Oh, I don't I don't know yet what to do with OJ really. It's that's that's a hell of a great story. Yeah, well, that's the granddaddy. That's the mother load. That's, that's the, the biggest. That's one of the all mother time. load of LA yeah, so. of LA true crime. What's your yeah, take? No, I, mean, I mean, what's yeah. your take? 
Uh, well, what's up to you guys, Bo? You want to keep talking another case, or you want to go to OJ? What do you want to do, bud? Um, let's do Hernandez first, because you oh, yeah. and Frank you C. Gerardo Jr. is sitting right here. Both are very familiar with that case. Yeah. Okay. Aaron, Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez. Are you working on the Aaron Hernandez story? That's fascinating. Yes. So I had the Aaron Hernandez scripted movie rights with the brother, DJ Hernandez, and then I knew Aaron. I'm from Aaron's town. I'm from Connecticut. And we grew up in the shadow of ESPN. And I've been on Aaron for three and a half years. Aaron, when he committed suicide, went stigmata, okay, like Jesus. And um, I own the rights to the scripted movie of Aaron Hernandez. Nothing documentary. They've done seven documentaries. I don't care about those. And so mine, I have the movie project, yes, called uh, The Gangster in the Huddle and Fourth and Inches. And um, I've had that for three and a half years. I live that story. And... Um, yeah, that one's tough because how do you partner with a serial killer? Well, you know, Aaron shot 10 people. He didn't shoot three people. And uh, Aaron was in two gangs simultaneously, which was actually very rare. Yeah, so real rare. So there's a lot of story to him that's never been told about Aaron. Did uh, James Patterson get anything right in his book? James Patterson and I went to a lawsuit that was a famous story in Deadline in Perez Hilton. You can look it up. as like 70 million views. Um, I sued Mark Gordon, and then we went to court because James Patterson wrote All-American Murderer, and um, I had pitched them the project previously, and then when they put it, they tried to rub it in my face, and so I sued them. Um, that, they shelved the project. I destroyed their project. That's Hollywood. Welcome to Hollywood, baby. So what are you doing with you know, the look, look, Natalie Wood, Aaron Hernandez, Emmett Till, Kevin Collins, Johnny Gosh. Have they ever made the movies? No. A lot of times it's because I have it. Well, on OJ, and I'm not letting that happen. And Burl's, Burl's the man. And Burl knows a lot about that story. And I'm going to Yeah, I think power. you were a bit surprised how much I knew. <laughs> I was. I was. And I'm gaining power. I have Jill Shively now. I had Shapiro, Furman. I have the Goldmans. Every piece I get, I'm bringing it all in. We're going to end the OJ farce. We're going to end that once and for all. But anyway, we'll get to that after. But Aaron's thing, you know, I don't know. You guys talk. I'd love to hear what you guys think of Aaron and what you know, too. Go ahead. I'd love to listen to yeah, what Frank, you guys think. Yeah, Frank, give our, uh, yes, hold on a second, to Mark Boyer. Um, it's, it seems to be a theme on this particular program and the violent uh, offenders we talk about. But uh, childhood abuse seems to be a very common theme in, the, in, the, in these perpetrators. Okay. So, um, uh, in your in your investigation, was he uh, physically uh, and sexually abused as a child? Aaron Hernandez, I think there, that's coming out now. There is some evidence of that, whether his dad abused him physically, which I'm sure he beat him at some point. His dad was called King. He was a legend in Connecticut. They called him King Hernandez. Um, and they were rough kids in a rough town, sort of a rough town, it's hard to explain, but he may have been abused, yes. And, and he has some homosexual tendencies. They said there's a lover in jail, there's this guy who's come forward. So to me, I don't know too much, I focus on some other aspects of Aaron, the sports angles, the violence and the, the gang stuff more, but the answer to your question is yes, he probably was somewhat abused somewhere along the line. Uh, I also, go ahead. I also find it uh, um, interesting that you, know, that you have individuals that have this in the background, right? And then uh, they they instead of finding ways to deal with it, they transfer it to their own violence. Correct. Yep. Well, that that's that's They're fairly angry. common. There's, there's only two responses to that kind of thing: either you become a champion of the beaten and the oppressed, 
as we discussed previously with uh, about a week or so ago. Yes. Or you become exactly like the people you hate. Right. Good point. I think that's true. I mean, I think that's what we've encountered in the stories we've written about. Yeah. Um, you know, people that have been abused as children and then grow up to be, you know, horrific people. They become abusers themselves. It's a cycle. It's a cycle of sexual abuse. And you're seeing it now with the doctors and the gymnastics and all. You're seeing this. And, and you know, there's sexualization. There's homosexual elements to it. Men, you know, priest, the whole priest thing. We live through that. So, but with Aaron, um, you know, what I thought was interesting, just to chime in and then you guys go ahead. Um, with Aaron, I love sports. And I love the fact that he's in the locker room shaking hands with Tom Brady, Wes Welker. He threatened to, like, murder Wes Welker, like, in the locker room in front of people. And Was, so was it I, a serious threat or was it one of those, I'll kill you? No, the, no, Aaron was, look, Aaron was off in his head. They said he had stage four CTE. I never looked at the CTE. He did take a lot of blows, I'm sure. He was a young guy, though. He was, like, 24 or so. He wasn't that old. And um, But, no, the, the town where he was from... You know, I grew up with these kids and arrivals in high school. So that's, that's idea was to be tough. They right? kind of overcompensated. So they would, like, try to be extra tough. And that's what Aaron did. He kind of got caught up. His friends were all bad influences. And they had this place called D Street in Bristol, D Street Posse. And so in Connecticut, it was, like, kind of known, like, if you roll through this town in white suburb America, Avon, Farmington, if you just happen to go into Bristol, Connecticut, and you run down the street, you're screwed. Like, your your night's over. Like, and it's, That's it's it, just huh? this weird wow. situation. That's the home of ESPN. Yeah. It's a down the street. I used to ride my bike to it all the time. There was one satellite dish there at one time. Uh, wow, that's that's just, <laughs> yeah, that's just yeah. how did it's he Connecticut? Fit, you know, but no, thing, and then look, his dad dies from a routine like cer a... Uh, hernia surgery, and um, has an infection. He dies. It does affect Aaron. DJ was a great guy. DJ played at UConn. DJ Hernandez. Yeah, he's like a marine DJ's, type. That's, that's he's a brother, character, right? Yeah. Yeah. What was that? That's his brother, right? Yeah. So he managed. Yeah. He yeah managed DJ Hernandez. Yeah. yeah. And then he has a daughter, Aviel. That's Aaron's daughter, Aviel. And um, I also like the Christian angles of what Aaron did. And, and in the script we have, it opens in, with Bible quotes. It talks about Aaron and the brother of Moses and the golden calf and the, the worshiping of false idols and the commandments and. So how Aaron was kind of like tempted by the devil, the drugs, the women, the cars, the money, the fame. Like he was, it was all polluting him. Right. So we kind of took this biblical approach and some people like that. We did a lot of pitch meetings. We were at Sony for three hours and we, people were interested. They, they liked what I had to say. I was, I was very proud to be part of that project for sure. I, was I have like no that regrets part, that part of on, on being part of that. Down. Yeah. Moses comes down, he's holding the Ten Commandments, he's going to hold them up high for all the, his followers right. to see, and and, yeah. and all he sees is they're fornicating, they're praising this Yeah, it looks like guy. Saturday night in West Hollywood. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> well, you know, you know, he comes down from Mount Sinai and says, look at these fifth Oops. Yeah. Uh, ten commandments. <laughs> the, uh, ten. Right. <laughs> and those last five were the most important. That's <laughs> yes, right. Well, then also it says in the Quran, when he comes down and he sees what's going on, Aaron says to him, oh, brother, he says, don't be mad at me. Yeah, you know, it's not me. It's not me. It's not me. He says, why didn't you come tell me what was going on? He says, you told me to stay here. You know, that's why. Says they threatened me unto death. Yeah. You know, what do you expect? 
Yeah, so God made them wander in the desert until, until uh, all, all the whole generation worship had passed. Four years. Yeah, all the jewelry the and you know, look, the story like, was interesting because you know it was and false idols to me are like celebrity. So I tie those things into Hollywood and celebrities. And what does celebrity mean? And what's the hero worship mean? What is a false idol? Well, we don't believe in God. You know, we're not. We can't say that in the schools. And we, our country's changed a lot. We've gotten away from that. You, there's a lot of diabolical content in Hollywood. Most of the content's to scare you and, and make create fear. I mean. So I don't need to go All you got to do is watch the evening news, which is, <laughs> in case you haven't noticed, has a very predictable structure. If it bleeds, it oh, leads. Yeah. <laughs> Red makes green. You're going to start with, uh, you know, some horrible accident. Someone gets killed. And, and then that, something to a, be afraid of. Look at the metrics. And if the metrics tell you that uh, that violence is going to lead, then violence leads. It's going to lead. Then you I have mean, something if, to be afraid of. If the metrics told you that people wanted stories about how the sun came up today. You'd have that. Then you'd have that's the difference between a magazine and a newspaper. USA Today isn't a newspaper. It's a magazine. They research what people want to read, and they give it to them. That's how that works. That's well, it's, there's a lot. Yeah, I mean, I hear the violence. I, I get into these debates about the violence Tarantino thing and all this. You know, people will watch what you put in front of them. So if you put a bunch of violence in front of them, they're going to watch it. If you put a bunch of, like, maybe some funny stuff and mid-level or middle-of-the-ground stuff, they'll watch it. They're, they got to watch what's on TV and in the theater. So Hollywood has this way. I was part of this for a long time. They have this way of manipulating hard to explain the way they'll talk about and you always see these different projects clashing with each other like nobody wants medieval and it's like game of thrones you know nobody wants black content and it's like moonlight wins the oscar like <laughs> so they're always talking in opposites yeah you, hollywood's kind of like it depends who you catch and what mood they're in that's like how you, you know what's going on it's just a, it's a weird that's why i wanted to get out of the industry all, they're, they're always looking for what was popular two years ago yeah or, or 10 years yeah ago. exactly the star right. wars thing i mean it's been popular for 30 years straight oh the star wars onslaught and the games and the mcdonald's and the promos oh god i mean bob I oh what i love was fievel's christmas stocking fievel's jewish what's he doing with a christmas stocking (laughs) hey you know what he can fill it up for eight days (laughs) eight crazy nights (laughs) crazy nights yeah, that's Hollywood. Fievel's pretty smart. Yeah, Fievel. Yeah, he was. He's an entrepreneur. Yeah. Well, you know how they say how we Jews celebrate Christmas? We dance around the cash register singing "What a Friend We Have in Jesus." <laughs> hey, I thought Sixel was much better than Fievel. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the Hernandez story. Yes. Uh, so, um, so, so he, so he goes to he instead of going to Yukon, he goes to Florida, right? And uh, yes. and he's playing for Urban Meyer, and I think he's an oddball in the locker room. I, I I'm pretty certain that that's kind of his story. Dude, dude's not real smart. He's high every day. The um, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. No, he's he's definitely the outcast and and a and a gangster type guy. And you know, at Florida's, you know, that's down south. Football's king down there. Like, yeah, that's Coach Adazio. Steve Adazio tells Aaron to go to Florida. Tells how great of a coach Urban Meyer is. He was supposed to go to UConn and be with DJ, correct? And then in Florida, he gets mixed up in some stuff and he shoots people in a car. He does like a drive-by. Then he shoots the kid in the face, you know, Bradley or whatever his name is. I love he sports heroes. Him. Yeah, he tries to kill him. Boy. And he gets yeah. away with he a, a lot of things. But he lives. How did, how did he get, so how did he get away with that? 
Well, that, that, I mean, you know, look, all, all these stories, I could never sum them up in a phone call. But um, he gets away because he just, uh, he's on the national championship Florida team. They don't, they, they run the roost. They rule the roost down there. No cops investigated Aaron about that. And then Bradley said, oh, he accidentally shot me. Like, the gun was down. And I was looking down into it. He, he tried to help Aaron. So he got, Aaron kept getting lucky. He shot the two guys out of the Boston nightclub, the two Haitian guys. He shoots them in the car. That's after a club. They don't even investigate him. They know that there's some famous guys in this club. They don't even look at Aaron after that murder. That's the, he got acquitted of that when Jose Baez got him off on that. Those are two Haitian guys in a, in a club in Boston. And then he kills Odin Lloyd down the street from his house like an idiot. And, you know, shoots him in the back and head, whatever. And then those two guys, well, I think one was from Bristol, whatever, but, um, yeah, so he just, you know, he got caught on his own camera killing his own gun, like in his own surveillance footage. So, look, he, he, he was, look, the more you get, uh, you become untouchable, right? And the more you keep getting away with it, he gets, he gets sloppier. Yeah, that's criminal, right? called criminal pride. Because right. at the beginning, the criminal will plan things. Let's say he's a bank robber. He's going to plan it down to the Nats took us, right? And then it's successful. The more success he has, the less he plans because he begins to think it's him. That he's charmed somehow, that he could get they away are. with this they, stuff. They, yeah. Why'd they call him Lucky Luciano? His name was Salvatore <laughs> Luciano because he was lucky. You know, Tony Ducks Corallo, why'd they call him Ducks? Because he ducks all the raps. Like, there's just people, have, and even the OJ thing, when we get into OJ about the accomplice, He's the same way, man. He's sprinkled with fairy dust, and you're not going to beat him. Ooh. You know, I'm going to tell you today how we beat him, but you guys aren't going to beat him. No normal person's going to beat him. And that's who says we're normal. <laughs> we are definitely Abby right normal. Guys. I'm on the right show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, O.J. Simpson. Um, even though he was acquitted, he did it, as proven in the civil trial. Well, that followed in the next year. Yes. Uh, we're, we're, Civilly uh, so. liable. <laughs> so your your opinion, did O.J. commit the murders? Are we going to O.J. now? Yes. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we'll just do a little bit. A little bit, just a tiny bit? Yeah. So he wants to know if, uh, if you... I love when people say opinion to me, and I want to... Can I just do a disclaimer? Because I sure. like you guys. I love being on this show. I do. I love you guys. I love you. Thank I use you. my sound bites all day long. Um, it's not, nothing's my opinion. I speak fact, truth only. There, nothing, nothing I say to you is opinion. So when I say Natalie Wood got murdered on the back, it's real. It doesn't... No one can turn back the hands of time. So if I tell you O.J. Simpson had help, and there was someone else with him, that's it, period. It's not my opinion. I'm telling you what happened, okay? That's why I just want to say that just for the audience, too. Whoever's if you go back, to the, go back to the and beginning. if you doubt anything I say, come see me. Come talk to me. We'll debate it on a podcast, in an interview. I got my own camera crew. Come sit with me. I'll show you. I'll prove it all. So that's, that's kind of my shtick. I, I talk big. I'll back it up. So that's I, I love being on the show and fire away on that. OJ is my favorite one in history. I've never had a case like this. So I'm. If you guys are ready to fire, I mean, I'm know, ready. I'm ready to. Uh, I'm ready to load the cannon. <laughs> um, is was OJ's accomplice somebody that we know? Yes, it was. Oh, someone in this room. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The, 
the OJ thing, look, it's in a way anyone could figure it out. It's it, the reason, you know, what I'm willing to say. And how much time do we have, bro? Because I have to plan this out. Go ahead, tell me what's time. We got twenty five minutes. What to say. We got twenty five minutes total. Okay, copy that. All right. So, um, you know, if we go into the OJ Simpson accomplice story and reveal, that's what it's called in his script on his tape that I've heard, that I've read. I know him, I met him. I've talked to him three times. Um, he's not happy with what I'm doing. Well, he wants to get paid, he wants his money. They want to get paid. They're trying to monetize this story of the guy that was with O.J. Simpson at the murders. And um, I knew about this two years ago. The guy didn't speak for 24 years. And um, he was sprinkled with fairy dust, man. And I've, I've been up and down on this. Sometimes I believed it, sometimes I didn't. I didn't sleep for the three nights after I read his script. I didn't sleep. I didn't. And it took me three weeks to vet it. Okay, three weeks. So I'm gonna say some stuff today. Here, you can go vet it and look at it. It'll take you weeks to understand. Okay. It's not possible to understand it in one day. It's impossible. I represent what's called the Rosetta Stone on the case. So we treat his materials, his IP rights story. That's the Rosetta Stone. You need his point of view to understand what OJ did or did not do. Okay? So it's a confession. And I was part of a team of producers for a year and a half. He's a friend of mine. The guy who owns this guy. Yes, he owns him. I mean, literally owns him. He's a very good friend of mine. And I'm, I'm gonna flip these people. I can flip, I can use them to tell the story or I can be their enemy. That's up to them in the end, right? Okay. So that's just the gist of, I want you to understand, I didn't, they came to me. I, I, didn't, I didn't seek this one out. This one was a little different for me. I was lucky to be in the right place at the right time. Is that, uh, what, what would be their motivation to copying, you know, to, to this material? That's part of the conundrum, the puzzle of the whole thing. This one is on its own level. And when I did Natalie Wood, it prepped me for this. There was a captain, there was an eyewitness. He saw the murders. Well, that's kind of like what's on OJ. This guy saw the murders. Wait, wait, did he do the murders with OJ? And in the beginning, they didn't, they kept me in the dark. They didn't let me know too much. So in the first, like my attitude today or my knowledge base today is totally different than it was in the beginning. I knew nothing in the beginning, nothing. Like, I mean, I knew the case I grew up with, I lived it. It was the biggest trial in history. It was the biggest moment in TV. I lived all that. I, I loved the story, but they came to me. I didn't seek them out. Hey, now, Frank, you were, you were there for the whole trial. I was there for the whole trial, and I covered the murder, too. It was at the I murder scene it. that Let's day. And I was at his house. That's why we're here, my friend. Why do you think we're talking? <laughs> <laughs> he knows who you are, Frank. Here, my friend. I sought you out. Okay, so then I'll... Um, Thank you. Uh, I'll ask both of you then this question: um, yes. Could the did the prosecution have any chance of convicting OJ? Hell no. What do you mean? Well, okay. The, it it appears to me that the 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 prosecution was not completely competent in their approach to the trial. Oh, they were they were bumbling Keystone cops. They were idiots. And so Chris Darden had bullied yeah, they bullied witnesses. They bullied their own witnesses. They they told Jill Shively she made everything up. She's the one who saw OJ almost crash her his car into her. Marcia Clark hated her. 
So I have well, Jill Scheiser. I've been I, talking to her for three weeks. She's an amazing person. And Marsha, like, just bulldozed her out of the way. Darden uh, intimidated Robert Heidstra, who was the ear witness to the murders. Robert Heidstra, oh, and actually almost was the almost saw the murders. If he actually went down the street, he went down the back alley. So no, I mean, look, they should have beat them anyway. Everyone knew OJ, and it's Nicole, and it's his ex-wife. They, I mean, look, the American public knew he was guilty. And the la- one well, thing I noticed, I watch all the trial transcripts. Careful with that the the comment. That's not necessarily true. What's up? All right. Um, I uh, at the time of the uh, verdict announcement. I worked in a in a building with 3,500 people in it, a very large building with a huge open atrium. So the, so essentially there were no walls vertically. Mm-hmm. Sounds like Embassy Suites. No, no. I, I worked for <laughs> no. a, uh, a now extended stay financial institution. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. And at the time, at the time of the verdict, people congregated with each other. So right. there would be little groups of 20 people here and there through the whole building. And you could audibly hear who ethnically was grouped together mm-hmm. when the announcement went. You could audibly right. hear? Yeah, audibly. opposed to visually hearing. Yes, yeah. you, well, because there was, you know, you're on different floors. But you can hear the cheering when he was acquitted. Versus yeah, that was the Latinos, Jews, of blacks, everyone else, and any other minority in America. No, I know. I know what he's saying. He's saying like the country didn't really believe. It. Yeah, I, you're right in a way. You know, that's definitely true. So it was a divisive moment for the country too. It was black white. The LA riots were finishing, and and look, you guys. Frank knows a lot about the story. He probably knows more than I do in a way. If I sat you down with Charlie, and if I sat you down with my friend, my boss, the owner of the thing. You'd believe too, I, I promise you. Like you, you, it would open up to you, and you just at first you're kind of blown away. You're just kind of like, no, there's no way this is real. There's no way there's two killers. I always, and, thought, uh, I always thought there were two killers from the very beginning. Really? Yeah, yeah, you did, bro. No, I, 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 I always did. Well, yeah. there's a couple good reasons for that. One, two knives. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a difference. And the other is that there were witnesses, an old Jewish couple, who would not come forward because he says to uh, uh, our, our private... I feel iPad, a punchline coming up here. Yeah, no, no, he says, and, well, we need this aggravation. <laughs> I got us in the courtroom. <laughs> I'm too old for this. Uh, and they said two. They said two. They said two. Two Oy guys. Vey. Here are two voices. Two guys. <laughs> Yeah, there's, so, I mean, there's, so, I mean, like, if, I've, I'll say this. If there's two people involved, one's with the LAPD. Other, other, because the LAPD bungled this thing so badly and did so many things to make it possible for O.J. to walk that it, they weren't doing it to protect O.J. They had to be doing it to protect one of their own. Well, he's ha- you're half right in a way. I'm going to give you some credit here, and I'll tell you why. Because it's a mafia story. So the guy's a it's mob a mobbed guy. up story. And I mean, so, the whole thing was yeah. mobbed up from yeah. the beginning. Well, he, right. that's, that's too bad about it. So it ties to the LAPD right there is what you're saying. Yeah, did he have inside help? Yes. Did they have two mobsters testify at the trial? Yes, they did. Tony the Animal Fiato. Why would you have a mobster testify at a murder trial? Because they're informants. See, the whole thing was a fraud. The whole trial was a farce. And so OJ says 100% not guilty. Because he knows someone else is with him. He has a scapegoat. 
I didn't kill him. I'm offering to fight. Who are the killers? And when everyone said Colombian drug lords and drugs, it was cocaine. It was somewhat yeah. related to that. Well, you know there's so coke involved. You're right. In a way, yeah. he is yeah. connected to the LAPD. Yeah. Yeah, because I, as I mentioned to you when we had a private conversation one day, so by sheer chance, I was lurking in the LAPD chat room on the internet right, yeah. the night this happened. That's crazy. So June, I just happened 12, to be... 1994. So I'm sitting there on my right. little green screen monitor, mm-hmm. right? Pre-Windows 95. Yeah, pre-Windows, you betcha, it's like Windows 3-something. You're on a, a 300 baud rate modem. Yep, damn right. <laughs> Taking you five hours to download that it. porn. That, uh, yeah, boy, it did look forever to get to the money shot. So, <laughs> and uh, and they're, when they're talking about the, you know, the murder, to, and are they talking about OJ? No. They're talking all about Resnick, and they're talking about the cocaine, and they're talking about who's mobbed up, and uh, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, because they knew. They uh, Larry King asks, asks Faye Resnick, look at the video. It's on YouTube. There's a huge interview with her. Was Faye, well, how did Larry King know that? And not the prosecution or the LAPD, okay? Because people in L.A., they're incestuous. They all know each other. They all knew uh, Christian Reichardt. O.J. knew Christian Reichardt, who was the uh, boyfriend of Faye Resnick, but he hated Faye Resnick, but he still knew her boyfriend. Like, they're all tied in, and Ron Goldman knew them, and knew Nicole, and knew O.J., and O.J. pretends he didn't know who Ron Goldman was. Like, well, we all know who Ron Goldman was. He's one of their runners. Yeah, uh, I, don't, look, I don't know. Don't, I don't know about that. I, I, you know what? I hate, to, to, I hate to impugn that guy. Well, I don't think it's impugned. I think it's just a matter of historical uh, fact. I'm with you, by the way. With with which one of them? I'm us? with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like poor dude. Wrong time. Yeah, wrong place. Yeah, it was wrong time. Yeah. Wrong just place. Just a yeah, bad I mean, timing. Yep. I, I just I I don't know. I mean I I can like, well you can't excuse any of it. But that, I mean I just think this guy is a guy that's in the wrong place at the wrong, wrong time. Guy. Good guy working at the at the restaurant who brings the glasses home. Right. I mean, I literally think that's what it is. Maybe he thinks he's going to get was. something. You guys are right. It was accidental. He wasn't supposed to be there. They went there to scare Nicole and Faye Resnick. Faye wasn't there. She was at rehab. She knew they were coming for her. She knew they had like a $30,000 cocaine debt. And they were coming. The guys had come there before. OJ was tied in loosely to the mafia oh, in L.A. God. They're called the L.A. Crime Family. They call them the Mickey Mouse Mafia. <laughs> Cue the jokes now. Do, do, do. So they're called the Mickey Mouse Mafia. Look them up. It goes back 70 years in L.A. So look, they're all tied in each other. I'm not going to say the main guy's name. It's just like Mickey Cohen. Say, and... There's one guy, if I say his name, it connects it all together. I'm not going to say his name right now. The key, the key for all this, so I why, want you why to you, why, better and better. Why won't you what? say his name right now? Why? Why? That's our producer. Well, I'd say his name if you guys, like, were following the accomplice story and you focus on the accomplice's story. But and I can, I can, if your head's in that frame of mind, well, no, an accomplice and he's confessed, listen, I can Burl, tell you who Burl's, his boss was, yes. Burl's is probably in that frame of mind. But, but regardless, I mean, how can it hurt you to throw out a name? I'll even say if, his name. No, it's fine. I'll say his name because he's dead. He's dead. And um, he's a mafia killer and made, made capo and mafia guy. His name was Joey Ippolito. And Charlie worked for Joey Ippolito. Uh-huh. And a lot of people know that. It's not, I'm not saying something that's not in the public domain. It's already known. You just look it up. So he was a big guy from Miami, Joey Ippolito. He used to race the race boats and smuggle the cocaine in. And he knew O.J. 
and he knew other people closely with OJ in LA. He knew people from Mezzaluna. He had his own restaurant. They all got tied into this little, look, OJ messed it up, okay? OJ took it too far, okay? They sent a guy to go get OJ's money on June 12th at about 9.55. In the, in the script, he takes you through the story. The, the key to the whole, to solving it all, the key is to focus on the accomplice's story. Nothing else. Because you, everyone's already focused, you guys already focused on everything for 25 years. It didn't work. It's, it, it didn't work. OJ's still making money. You can't beat him. He's beat everybody. Charlie's never been arrested. He still works and lives in America. He could go to jail right now. He's but got a great Twitter account, blocking me and all the studio execs think I'm some madman, so they don't want to let me get off. Ask around, man. Go in town. Ask around who I am. They're, they're just trying to stop me. It's not even about OJ. It's like, stop Todd Gutsy. That's all they care about, man. They're children, okay? There was a guy with OJ, period. Read chapter six of If I Did It. Charlie brought the knife, and Charlie followed this guy in. Well, who was that guy? Ron Goldman. Is there an eyewitness that out front there was a five foot eleven white guy, 175, fist clenched, dark clothes? Who's that standing on Bundy? Charlie, why didn't they use the guy's testimony? Oh, because his name was Tom Lang. He had the same name as the detective. So Marcia Clark didn't want to put him on the stand. Hmm, that's weird. <laughs> so there's all these things, man. There's two knives. There's two killers. The guy admits to it. He has a tape. It's 20 hours long. I'd read. I totally. I, by the way, I just want you to know. I would totally yeah. read this book. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> I, I would. I mean, it's beautiful, then that's yeah. part of the battle right there. Yeah. You know, get people down the rabbit hole enough to... Because I feel bad for everyone that, like, for tw when I came on this, I just want to say a quick thing before I get off with you guys. When I came on this, it kind of sought me. I was leaving the industry. I, I hate Hollywood. Can't stand these people. Okay, <laughs> I was done, man. I was done. I remembered I was at a bar. Okay, we'll keep the bar theme going here. It was late at night. It was 1 a.m. I was pretty intoxicated, having fun. I was with an investor. I just closed the deal. I was having a lot of fun. The back of my head, I looked around the room, and I thought of the guy who said to me, I've got this OJ thing coming in. And from that moment forward, I wrote him that night. I said, I want it. He goes, you don't know what it is. I go, I want it. I'll be in Monday morning. He's like, come in. And from that day forward, okay, I've already solved this murder. It took a year and a half. Everyone's just got to stop that old O.J. farce, and you'll see it. I promise you. Go read Chapter 6. Go watch the Judith Regan interview when O.J. talks about Charlie and know that Charlie is a real guy. He's not an alter ego. Okay? O.J. was not framed. It's not all fellow. It's not a conspiracy theory. O.J. was there. And Charlie gets rid of the knife, the shoes, and the clothes. He tells you that in the script. He tells you that on the tape. That's where it's all in. And look, if they never pay the guy the 2.5 mil he wants, and my friend never makes a mil, it may never, may, no one will may ever know. And that's on Hollywood's shoulders and the press. I've contacted all the press, all the media. That's how I met the wonderful, uh, wonderful Burl Bear. That's okay? me. Because he listens. He listens. Burl is a great that's listener and a good rememberer, too. He Good. remembers He's stuff. He's a brilliant writer, and he knows he knows what I have is real, and that's why I'm on your show. Wow. So, when, if we want to do a follow up, we'll this follow is, up. This is super entertaining. I got to tell you. Yeah. I mean, you're entertaining. You're, and you're, well, tell, yeah, you're telling good stories. Yeah. <laughs> that was my job was to entertain people. So. <laughs> 
That's, that's right. an entertainment industry. That's right. Yeah. Death and that's destruction, right. that's entertainment. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's the ultimate story, yeah, right? Maybe hopefully we can have another discussion someday. Like I said, OJ and Charlie told us in 2006. They told us. It was like who, I'm sorry, I missed this. Who's Charlie? Yeah, sir. What's, what's Charlie's so Charlie's the accomplice. Oh, what's his last name? I can't say his last name on the show today. Okay. I can talk about him. Yeah, I'll talk about him. And look. Is his real name, friend? is his real first name well, Charlie? Yeah. Charlie. Yes, it is. Okay. All right. Oh, That's wait. You said his name was Lang. No, that was no Tom Lang was the eyewitness, oh, Tom yeah. Lang. No, no, look, my friend, you'll figure it out. Go Google O.J. Simpson, yeah, Charlie. I know it's going to take you through so, the Chapter 6. So, so and that, then I'll just you, give you a hint. See, that I mean, takes too long. Well, why you don't you just go look me. at who O.J.'s best friends are? And go see if any of them are named Charlie. Yeah, that's who actually... Go look at the, yeah, go look at the Vegas robbery closer when he tried to rob Bruce Fromong and Beardsley and when he went in there and... Go, what, go look closer. Who else was in the room? What's his name? Because usually look. everything is hiding in plain sight. He's hiding in plain sight. He's right in front of you. Oh, yeah, a monkey could solve it. You just need to, to pull the farce down and the paradigm and look. Open your eyes and your heart, and, and he's right there. I don't need to say his last name. So there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on, and look, he calls me. I'll just say this. He called me the other day. He's like he's going to cry. Who, the Jews? Well, no, the, the accomplice. Oh. Hey, you ever talked to him? I have the juice. Ever? I already got the juice. We got the juice. We talked to him on Twitter. He's sitting there. He's we're gonna blow him out of the water. <laughs> he he might flip Charlie. He might. I'm gonna offer OJ a chance to flip Charlie for like a mill. He just posted I mean, this I don't know on what Twitter. For him. Football, turkey, family, football, <laughs> Thanksgiving, Buffalo Bills. <laughs> the real OJ on Twitter. The real OJ32. So yeah, man. Things come to mind: family, turkey, and football. We got three games a day. The first one doesn't interest me that much, even though this kid Blau will be starting at quarterback for the Lions. He's, he's, I like how he's doing football analysis. We know so, who's in charge of slicing oh, yeah, up yeah, that turkey. Yeah, on Twitter. Is that his Twitter? Yeah, they let him have a knife to slice up the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Two knives to yeah, slice the yeah. turkey. Look, it, it's a great story. Look, I'm glad. Thank you guys so much for having me on again. I'm always open to talk and 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 the OJ thing. I'm you know if you see it on TV tomorrow and you know who had it and I've tried and I may walk away from it. I don't know. You know, Burl and I are talking about options and love to partner with him and we'll see what happens. But I can only keep beating people over the head. I, I run into a lot of people that don't believe it straight up, and the problem is the way my boss handles the script and the tape. There's no copies. You have to physically like sit with them and like read it. And we had a guy at we had a guy at CAA. He didn't want to walk down the stairs. I said the guy's in the he's in the lobby. I was like giving a little inside call. I go, he's in the lobby at CAA. He's got the script and the tape. He's ready to he'll move it right now. He'll cut a deal right now. He's got his lawyers on the phone. He's there. I already sent him there. Just walk downstairs. I, I walk downstairs. He just walked downstairs. He's in the lobby. Oh man, I can't. The guy walked on a $30 million deal. At CAA. So we've already received like $10 million offers for him, like in the shooting budget. So there's there's definitely deals on the table. I'm not saying it's dead. I'm saying my involvement with it may be dead if I walk away, you know. So we'll see. I think crazy, crazy. Just crazy keep typing. <laughs> this has keep really typing. been great. Uh, Todd, we've loved having you on the show today. And, Thanks uh, so much. be talking about this for hours afterwards, I think. And uh, maybe even at the dinner table tonight. <laughs> Without a You knife. guys are awesome. You okay. guys are great, and thank you so much. Thanks for coming. We'll have you back for more. Bye-bye. Well, that's an exciting show. <laughs> hey! Woo!
Pearl. Yeah. What's next? Magic Ben Allen and the Demons of Decadence, live from the Light of Lounge on Outlaw Radio Live. The Demons of Decadence. Dot com. Wow. All right. What up? 